Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, a podcast all about, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I will be interviewing artists and exploring the genre I love. My hope is that you will begin to love it as much as I do, if not more. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming podcast news. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with a phenomenal artist, etc. He's been in the game for a long time and he's been at the Grammys, award winner. So if you haven't heard of etc., you're definitely sleeping, let me tell you. But um, definitely someone to check out and, and someone who's been been working really hard and and you're just dropping track after track and, and you just dropped a, a new single as well, man. Why don't you tell us about that that new single? Oh, man, this is the new single called By Your Side featuring um, Trisha Covington. Trisha Covington is like, you know, she's a, she's a powerhouse vocalist, you know, straight out of um, L.A. Um, she was like one of the 90s R&B chart toppers. And when we came up with the record, it's produced by my, it's, it actually is funny because it's produced by a gentleman named Thane Brown. His um, producer name is My Friend Thane. And it's actually My Friend Thane. Um, <laughs> he's a phenomenal producer out of Florida. When he came with the track, you know, I'm a big fan of 90s hip hop. Um, you know, I love hip hop in general. You know, 90s hip hop is sort of like what sparked a lot of this for me. So when I heard the record, I thought of nothing but like, you know, what if I just try to, you know, go against the grain and bring, you know, try to bring that that boom bap back into it. And I noticed how a lot of the DJs across the board have, you know, been very receptive to hip hop. I said, instead of trying to recreate the wheel and find a R&B artist that I knew that was like, oh my God, you know, sing it like this person, sing it like that person. Why don't you just go and get a person that actually did 90s R&B hip hop type stuff, like, like in the Mary J. Blige era. So Trisha Covington was one of the top five best artists um, around from Columbia Records. And it just so happened that, you know, a friend of mine is a producer. He said, it's my wife, man. I said, you're lying. He's like, no. It's like, you know, you never talk about that. And, you know, three weeks later, it was a done deal. And, you know, even though the record was already done um, prior to COVID, we released it now, but it's still hot. And it's amazing work. I'm just saying it's amazing work. I love this record. Um, and I'm, I'm really in love with a lot of records that I've been doing now because they're coming more from um they're like the stole straight from the soul yeah because i was i mean i was listening to that literally before we spoke and it is it's got such a nice soulful feeling like it's just got and and she is just so the contrast between you two is matched up so nicely like the, the i feel like that's what people are missing right now is understanding the contrast of the feature versus the the lead mm-hmm. artist and I think yeah. you guys nailed that relationship of like she hits the really high, pleasant, and then you come in with like a rougher voice and it just hits and, and marries so well. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm going to use that. I hope that's not copywritten because I'm going to use that now. No, I'm just going to start taking royalties from... Uh, yeah. from- <laughs> that's all right. Won't be the first time they took royalties from uh, Yeah. No. Well, yeah. No, man, go, go for it. Um, but yeah, I th- like I th- you said that you... You, you really love 90s hip-hop. Do you have, like, you know, a, the 
an album or do you have an artist that kind of really kicked it off for you? Um, I, I can't really define one album. Like I, I grew up with like a lot of the nineties hip hop artists. Like one of my favorite artists is a, he's a, he's a real good friend of mine. His name is um, Kwame. He produced Kwame rapper slash producer. Another gentleman that I, I really admire is um, Red Hot Lover Tone, AKA, you know, Tone from Trackmasters. Um, I was really, I really like, like, you know, everybody say I like Diddy because Diddy actually what brought the 90s, that whole, you know, soulful sound in it, the maces, the, um, the locks, you know, the um, Black Robs, God rest his soul, the Craig Max, God rest his soul, the Biggies, God rest his soul. Um, that sort of like brought the feeling in, like it was the feeling that, you know, engulfed me in the 90s hip hop. I mean, every era has its own golden part. That's just, where I, you know, I like rap all around. Like one of my favorite artists is Will Smith. And everybody's like, oh, it's because you do that pop hip hop. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't grow up in the hood, you know, I mean, I grew up around hood dudes, but I ain't grew up in the hood. I grew up on a tree line block in a brownstone. But, you know, one of my biggest things was, you know, I can actually really rap well. Um, another group that I really admire was like my, my was like my, my pinnacle point was like Cellar Dwellers. Um, my man, um, Eugene and Phantasm and M.O.P., you know, it's an array of other like Nas's and Jay-Z's and um, M.O.P. and um Yes, yeah, said MOP, sorry. And, um, you know, Mob Deeps, you know, those were like the records that you put the heart and soul into that I felt. You know, I know there's a bunch of artists like Drake and, you know, you have um, little Uzi Vert and all of them. They, you know, they put their heart into it, Little Wayne's. But um, I just, I don't know, I just like the 90s. I like all of the 90s from 91 to 99. And 2000s, though, but I just felt it. Yeah, I feel like the, I mean, the challenging part is that, you know, now we have enough space, you know, with social media and, you know, the streaming platforms that everyone can have their sound or everyone can have their clout. But yeah. in the 90s, you know, we had so many dope artists, but you didn't have the platform. And in the 90s, it's filled like star started, like it is just absolutely filled with iconic artists. Do you feel like there are lots of artists that are unrecognized, even though they were actually really dope? Like, do you feel like that there are a lot of artists that were underground, they didn't get to the levels of your biggies, but they just didn't receive the recognition they deserve? Yeah, I, I honestly do. I, um, you talking about in the 90s, correct? I just yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I feel that a lot of artists, you know, even though we had like, you know, the fantastic labels, it just, it wasn't the space that it was, um, that it is now. Like you can put out records more often. It wasn't that type of, um, it wasn't that type of demographic um, zone where we could just put out records and it's touching everybody in every different um, walk of life. Um, if I was to name specific artists, I would, I would also, I would say Cellar Dwellers. Like Cellar Dwellers was, um, they had like the, the dynamic wordplay. They had the, you know, the fantastic flows and you get artists that you may not know. Like, um, like I, 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 I really respect like a most deaf. 
I really respect like a Talib Kweli. I really respect like a Farrell Monch. And I believe that with those major label pushes that they would have like, like exploded and like to the top of the charts. And, you know, they're very recognized now. Don't get me wrong. They, they are. They're like, I listen, I'm fans of them. But, you know, I know that they could have been those those pinnacles of, you know, top 10 best artists in the world, like an Eminem that was underground. And then Dr. Dre pulled them and all of a sudden, you know, he's like out of this world. But, you know, it was like you always got to get that one rose in the concrete. Well, I was going to ask you, so how do you how did artists overcome that during that time period? Obviously, you know, you're grinding and you see some people get a deal, but what did they need to do to, to overcome that and, and still obviously make money because it's not as easy back then and then, you know, continue to, to put out the quality of music that they were putting out? I think, you know, I, I can't really speak for them. You know, only thing I can do is speculate. I believe that it, it had a lot to do with um, money and, and positioning, you know, where you had to position yourself with certain groups of people that would project you to that forefront. Um, like myself, when I when I first put out a record, I didn't really put out any music. I used to ghostwrite. And when I put out music, you know, I didn't feel confident enough that my records would be sitting in that place. So I didn't I didn't do music to 2000. My first initial record was 2000 called Bees Like That. And um, 2001, excuse me. And I put out those records um, underground because I was like one of the one of the um, top underground um, MCs. And I was able to make, uh, you know, I don't if the IRS is listening, I was able to make. No, um, they're in Australia. So I don't think the I, Australian <laughs> tax office gets to gets to come after you. Yeah, I, did. I, w- I put it like this. I was making a good amount of pounds for a long period of time because I was one of the top hip hop artists. And I thought underground would be underground had a lot more space, but everybody wanted to be like, you know, the biggest artist on the mainstream and on Hot 97. And I wanted to be on um, Kiss FM. And I was just fine working with the DJs that I was working with, the 15 to 2700 DJs that was playing, et cetera, bees like that. And on the B side, it was like tonight featuring my man Gage and UG from the Cellar Dwellers. And we were getting like maybe like 14,000 spins a week. And they were, it was phenomenal for us because we were touring, you know, the same way we were. Um, and just our demographics was more diverse. It was like I had everything from, you know, Asians, um, Peruvian, you know, Brazilian, Colombian. Um, white, black, suburban, they were all in the audience and we were performing for them. And, you know, a lot of the DJs was like, yo, Cetera, you just got to come here. You got to come here. So we did like college tours. We did like regular tours. Before there was like a live nation and all of that. And I think that sort of spearhead what I'm at now. But what made it even more better is my, um, my loyalty to DJs and podcasts. And well, they were DJs before they were podcasts. Now those DJs, are, you know, they're radio programmers, they're DJs, they're iHeart DJs. So when you transition over and they say, you know, et cetera, oh, I'm playing it. No matter if he makes Mary had a little lamb, they playing it. So I'm receiving the same 27,000, um, 62,000 spins. And I didn't even, you know, 
it was just that that the consistency and loyalty that they had for me and I had for them that made it like the marriage work. And it made, that's what you have to, you know, I came up with the phrase, um, respect the DJ. I coined the phrase, respect the DJs. Well, I think you touch on something that's really important and that is the importance of relationships in in your career and in terms of especially hip hop. I feel like not many people explore the importance of that. They're always looking at their own kind of what do I bring to the table when in reality, like, you know, you look at, and I, I look at that in your life, you know, at the beginning, that's almost like you invested early in these DJs. You gave them an opportunity and they give you an opportunity. And now you look back and you're like, well, it makes sense because you looked after each other when they were nothing. And when you were starting your career and now that obviously you are well into your career, they are well into theirs. It makes sense that you look after the people who were there when at the very yep. beginning. Yep. And that's, that's very important relationships. This, this whole business is built on relationships. Um, it's a huge industry, but it's a small industry in the same sense. And I feel that, you know, this is what it's all about. Like, I treat um, the top radio DJs that I go see the same way I treat the DJs that are just starting. I never stop my formula. And it always seems to work because, you know, when I was like just starting off and walking around with my vinyl underneath my arm and saying, could you, you know, please play my record? They were like, uh, I'll play it, I'll play it, I'll play it because no one gave them a chance. I still do that. Um, and it, it really pays off. And I mean, I have like multiple plaques. I have multiple record sales. And if it wasn't for the DJs, that, that crowd that buys my records wouldn't hear me. So, you know, once again, respect the DJs. Yeah, you, you always got to respect the people who are playing your music because, you know, without them, uh, you would be really struggling. And, you know, even still, as much as radio isn't as big as it was and as important as it was in the early 2000s and in the 90s, it's still important. Like, you know, it still reaches a huge audience. So, you know, at one play, it has so many ears because you'll hit casual listeners. That's the that's the difference. Like, you know, if you're on Spotify, I got to actually search for you. I won't casually just run into your music. It's really tough. But on the radio, like those people will casually run into your music and that will inspire them to go, oh, who was this? And then they go and find it. So there's a little bit of that that's missing, I feel like, between between the formula. I think people are solely focused on purely social media, but that radio formula is still really important. It is. Um, even though they say, you know, radio is not as popular. Um, I say, you know, I love the podcast and it like Spotify, Spotify is like a pool of artists. Um, and then the tunnel effect happens when radio comes in because the pool of artists and then who's going to survive in the pool. And I, you know, I know this is not a cursing thing, but I don't want to make it a sexist thing, but it's like sperm. You know, one, <laughs> somebody told me it's like sperm. When sperm is shot, only one egg, only one um, sperm cell makes it to the egg. Um, which one are you? You know, and I, you know, I made it to the egg a couple of times, but you know, sometimes I didn't and I'm not, oh, I'm okay with that. I just keep shooting. Yeah. And you just, you just can't give up. That's the thing. Like, you know, if it doesn't work this way, you got to be, you know, humble enough and motivated enough to be like, you know what? I tried this way. It didn't mm -hmm. work. Now I got to switch up. I got to do something different. 
all right, does that work? And you're always tweaking rather than just going and being stubborn and going, oh, this is my way. I'm just going to do it my way. There's a reason why the successful people are successful. Yeah, I, I do it. I do get like that. I'd be like, no, I'm doing it this way because I, I create um, and I go against the grain. And it's to the point in my career where um, I am going to go against the grain. I have a, I have a strong enough platform and a strong enough fan base to go against the grain and see exactly what works and what doesn't work. Um, yeah, I might not always be correct, but um, I think a, a 90, 96% time, 92, 92, 96% time it works. I think those are good odds. And I just want to give people something different. That's why my name is et cetera. You know, it stands out. Um, you know, I'm not going to come with the average or the regular degla, um, you know, copyright from Nicki Minaj. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure that when you, you know, press play, put the record to the needle, put, put me on your playlist. It's like, what is this dude going to do? And I, I'm trying not to let down those millions of people that listen to me, you know, and, you know, it, it, I, I want that dedication. I want that, that love. I want people to say, yeah, that's that dude right there always comes with it. Even if 10 people like it or 10 million people like it, he's going to be who he is. And that's it. And do you, do you ever feel that pressure of like, your fans being like, you know, they have a certain expectation of you. They have, you know, a certain something that, you know, when you release an album or you release a track, this is what we expect. And do you ever feel that? Like, I feel like at the beginning that would be quite tough to handle because at the start, no one really expects to have the so many fans, but it gets to a point where they start having expectations. I don't know if that's a trick question. <laughs> I, I don't believe in trick questions. Yeah, it, it, it's scary. Every time I do a record, um, every time I write a record, like I really don't know what's going to happen. I envision a video. I envision a demographic. Um, I envision some kid in a house in Baltimore saying, my mother won't let me outside because I'm on punishment and going, I'm just going to surf through music and what song is going to make that kid stop and go, I'm going to play that again, you know, and say, you know, tell Alexa, play it again. Yeah. I Like it, it's almost, I think for people, it's almost good to know that you still feel scared, that you still have that thought that you're still mortal, if that makes sense. Because like the, the lesson is if you're feeling that way, it's okay for an upcoming artist and it's okay for someone who is coming up to feel that way as well. And the, the lesson is not to stop, it is to embrace it. And then you just need to believe in yourself and believe in your dream. Well, I, you know, when I write records, it's like a couple of things come into my mind and, I, and I'm going to say, you know, I'll write. I know a lot of artists don't say it, but I'm really like, I really rap. Like I know sometimes I need to make, you know, records for certain radio and I, and I know the politics of it because as I got, you know, more successful and as I got more popular, my records had to be more diverse. So, but I write records, certain records for my, 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 my counterparts to be like, yo, did you hear what the fuck he just said? Did you see the word play when he said, oh my God, it's crazy. And then I write records for women to say, oh my God, I got a, 
I, I got to fuck him. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. You know, you or, you know, you want records to say, I really I really like what he's saying. Like, I'm not the political person. I'm not going to write the record about, you know, you know, what's been going on in America, because I don't want to be I don't want my opinions like that to flow because I don't know, like, I'd be so like this. I don't know who's listening and who I can persuade in a certain way that may be positive or negative. Um, so I try to keep it very um, diverse and, you know, low key. You know, I don't want to go too deep, even though I may have my opinions when I'm speaking, you know, and I let them know, like right now I'm here and, you know, the glasses, the, the hat, and you know, I'm playing a part. I'm a character. Et cetera is always gonna be the character in the moment and I'm doing what I have to do. But there's times where this comes off, that comes off and the suit comes on. And I sit in front of record labels. I sit in front of um, dignitaries. I sit with um, ambassadors and I sit with, and I say, you know, what I feel about things that are happening in America and the world. Like um, I've been to Australia. Um, I've been to UK, I've been to London. I've been to Zurich, I've been to um, Columbia, you know, and they treat you a lot differently when you are a diverse artist. They know that you do that and they respect that you do music that captures millions, but they also respect that you are a brand or you're a businessman, not a businessman, but a businessman. And they, they, they look at you differently. You know, that's why, you know, I don't want to, tattoo my face up and stuff like that and be full, you know, I'm all, I'm artist regardless. I don't have to put on a mask and be artist. You know, my face is all tattooed. And my, 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 my cousin said, you're going to go around looking like um, a middle school detention desk. Oh, that's literally the same analogy I have. You yeah. know, it looks like, you know, someone's been, been drawing on you and you know, yeah. it's one person, then another, and then another. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And it makes it look like, you know, when you walk into those offices and they see you, like when I walk into the label offices, they go, oh, my God, what happened? What did we do wrong? I'm like, no, I just dress in suits when I come meet you because this is the business part of the music. You know, only, you know, and that's what I think that, you know, we have to learn to differentiate the two. But I, I can roll. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm and, you know, I can turn into et cetera, you know, the, the, the word players. I'm, I'm a nice motherfucker when it comes to the wordplay. I'm still one of the top 50 artists in the world, so I don't give a shit how I go down. Well, I was going to ask you, how do you manage the two? Because obviously, you know, especially for yourself, you've been doing it for a long time. So the, where, where et cetera starts and where he ends, I feel like it can be quite a blurred line of like when, when, do, you, when do you switch it on and when do you switch it off and is it difficult to go in between, you know, the, the businessman versus, you know, the artist and the performer, because that is what I think a lot of people forget is that you're not, et cetera, all the time. Well, no, I, I, I gotta say, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm using et cetera more than, because my, my real name is Sean. I'm using et cetera more than I'm Sean. Right. The reason why, because et cetera is become like a staple. And I'm also like, I'm et cetera, cause I'm also like um, the brand ambassador for Lamborghini Champagne. I'm et cetera. Um, I'm et cetera when it comes to all the music and the ghost writing. Um, 
I become Sean slash et cetera when I do like the movie soundtracks, you know, the film soundtracks. I become Sean when I have to sit in front of negotiations. When I sign my name to contracts, I can't put et cetera. Um, unless I change it, et cetera, doesn't have a social security number or a tax ID number. Um, so I'm et cetera more because et cetera creates a brand that, you know, create Sean to sit and do those, you know, business transactions. So et cetera has to be the brand that walks through. And, you know, as many times as I say, you know, oh, I'm gonna do more business, it never works out like that. It works out that the music takes precedence because you don't, you, the music is what makes you who you are, you know, and people, and I, and I was told people don't really buy your music, they buy you and they buy your story. So yeah, I, I'm et cetera every day, all day. And I'm also Sean, you know, just like you have um, DMX and then you have Earl, you know, you, everybody walks around with a character, God rest his soul. One of the greatest artists, you know, I, you know, I can't even lie. It's like, I, it, I was an Onyx fan until DMX showed up, you know? So it's like, you, you, you are two different people and sometimes they cross. Sometimes they never cross, but um, you just have to be, no matter what, you got to have some baseline of who you're going to be and what you're not going to compromise. So et cetera is it. And even when I stop doing music, I'm going to still be et cetera. They just have to call me Mr. Et cetera. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like et cetera has changed, Sean? Like, do you feel like, because... You you can obviously see that there are differences between the two, and when you look, you know, objectively, that you know they beha probably behave differently, and they probably have a very similar. But do you feel like you know the the person etc. has changed, Sean, or vice versa? Do they have that type of kind of relationship where they influence one another? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's a really good question um, because. I believe there was an et cetera before there was a recording artist, et cetera, because I grew up Sean and I was, I was a shy kid. I never talked to girls. Um, I've always, um, I never expressed myself. Um, I never had a lot of confidence when I was little. Um, I always was like a submissive type kid where I sit in the corner and play with my toys. And then when the whole, I started writing poetry, um, and et cetera became, et cetera was there before the name was there. The personality was there. And I would make up these personalities with my toys and making up those personalities, I created, like I said, I always say characters because that was the name of my very first studio album character. And that's the reason why I named it that because I created, et cetera. I created this person that I wanted to, this is how I used to talk to girls through poems. I used to talk to girls through raps. I used to dress a certain way and they'd be like, you know, Sean will never dress like that. Well, I'm not Sean, I'm et cetera. And I think that's why I took to that um, Spider-Man when Spider-Man had the black suit, I'd be, et cetera, is Spider-Man in a black suit. Um, not as raunchy, but et cetera, is Spider-Man in a black suit. And it gave me more confidence to be et cetera. When, you know, when I started going out in the world and it was like, et cetera, I used to look around like, who the hell are they talking about? And then I realized, then I'm like, wow, this is really who I am internally. 
And then externally, I became Sean because sometimes I have to find that happy medium that I can't, you know, be wilding all the time. But I don't, you know, I just, I'm, I'm very, I'm very passive because when I can walk through an entire hallway on the way to a stage and don't say a word and just nod my head and like, as soon as I hit the stage and I look at it and I feel and I plant my feet, it's a whole different animal. And it's, it's amazing because I watched the transformation from like multiple videos and multiple um, um, standpoints. And it's like, who is that guy? And yeah, it, it, et cetera, has transformed Sean. And, you know, now Sean's going to transform, et cetera. But um, both of them learn how to coexist. Yeah, this is so interesting to me because this is something that I've recently discovered is the 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 two the obviously the on stage versus the off stage and and yes. it's it's for everybody and and it's it's like such a cool thing for me because it's like it's almost like an actor except you have the same character that you play for 20 years and you don't just play the character on the movie set or on stage you play the character so many at so many different points now and as you said you're probably more the character than than sean and so that whole dynamic and the whole you know mindset of that is really interesting to me and did you when did you first recognize that like when did you go okay now i'm seeing that they're two different people but it's all within the same kind of body if that makes sense you know, you know, it's so crazy. I, I never said this. You know, I probably, I'm probably gonna get a, a therapist um, texting in any moment now. But <laughs> I'll be a therapist. I'll, I'll volunteer. <laughs> when I walk through, when I walk through certain doorways, and I know this sounds crazy, and you know, don't look at me like I'm crazy. But when I walk through certain doorways, I start off Sean. It's like when I walk into an event area that has, et cetera, it's like when you walk through and you go, it just goes, and now you're him. Because it's what people expect. And I feel comfortable in both areas. And then when I walk back through the doorway, it's Sean. That's when I, I think when I walk onto stage, when I walk into boardrooms, when I walk into places where there's people that expect a certain type of dominance. That's when I become et cetera. Even though maybe Sean, I still have the et cetera back here. And Sean is here. Boardrooms, I'm Sean, but you're going to have that et cetera swag. When um, I walk on a stage, yeah, I'm Sean, but I'm going to have the ex- that et cetera swag when I walk out. I was like, good morning. Yeah, I know you're happy to meet me. Let's go. You know, and, you know, I'm glad you all came here. And I also think, um, like, my second album is called Sagittarius. I also think it's a Sagittarius day because I notice when I watch, like, Jay-Z and Sean, Sean Carter, I know when I watch him, I see that. Like, I see that he's Sean in certain areas. But when he goes out, he's Hover, he's Jay-Z. You know, he becomes this different person in different environments. And it's like... That's how life is, because even you, um, outside of this, you could walk down a block and not say a word. But as soon as you come in and put on the headphones, this, showtime, 
it's a hundred percent and it's it's weird because the I only started to realize the more I do this is that the the podcast personality is the most extroverted version of me. It's like I'm always going to be up for a discussion, up for a chat. There's nothing that's ever going to phase me, but there are definitely periods in my in my life where I'm like, hey, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be by myself and I just need to to have that that time. And I'm an extroverted person in my nature, but not to the same level. There's always like times where I'm in a mood or whatever it might be. And and that is, it's like a, a weird thing to recognize within yourself that when you're stepping into one mode, you're like changing people. It's like a, a switch in your own mind. And, and it sounds insane. Like the more we talk about it, the more I recognize and you recognized already that it sounds like we've got multiple personality disorder. Like we're literally talking about the, the two different people and we're, we're, we're doing it all. But it's, I think it's like an elevated mindset. That's probably the best way to describe it. It's you're getting into the best version of yourself that you can be for that particular purpose. So it's it's the it's really making sure that you're comfortable enough with yourself to be like, hey, I've got all this other stuff, but that doesn't help me in this realm. Yeah. It doesn't help me on stage. It doesn't help me when I'm speaking, you know, interviewing. So I don't need those things to be there. That is for me to pick up when I'm done. And then right vice versa and i think that's probably the the thing that people don't see they just assume that we're only one type of person all the time but that's not true i i i i totally agree i totally agree i don't want to be you know i love being etc i love being sean and you know when i come when i come home i i like everyone has you have a closet right you have a closet i'm, I'm i don't know if your closet looks like mine but i have three different types of outfits in my closet. I have et cetera outfits. I have Sean outfits and I have normal outfits. Yeah. I got like a, a corporate, I got suits. I got ones that I wear for like corporate. I got ones that I'm just like, you know, just lounging around and, and then others where I'm like, I'm just going out. Like I'm just, I just want to feel good. Like it's, it's the same. Like you just gotta, you gotta have the, the good thing is for me, because like, podcasting is so audio so it, it's not so dependent on how you look um but but definitely something that i'm being more and more aware of um is like you know now that you you are a brand how do you represent like you do you want to represent as someone who doesn't dress well do you want to represent with a shitty haircut or do you want to represent looking looking good and it's it's all these things that everybody forgets about but when you're in it you don't have a choice. You start thinking about these things. You do. Even you, as a podcaster, I know that sometimes I want to enunciate certain words and like, um, or, or, or as a podcaster, you can't do that. Everything has to be enunciated and pronounced. Yes, I am going to make sure. And you got to watch what you say a lot, even though even I have to do the same. I watch what I say a lot. Like I have a very diverse market. Like my market is, you know, I... I've incorporated in the past six years, a huge LGBTQX market. Like the things I said years ago, I would never say now, you know, oh no, I ain't gonna do it. Listen, my, I love the market that I have all day, every day. Like it doesn't, you know, it, it's not my preference, but that doesn't mean people are people to me, right? And I never said, go buy my record to them. 
I never said go buy my record to them or go buy go buy. I've always said, yo, if you like it, you can do it. If you don't, you can walk right past it. But they don't. They're like, I love this dude. Then the way you dress, you know, I'm, they're like, wait a minute, I love color. So like, no matter what I do, I'm gonna wear something with color. I love custom clothing, you know, so I do what I do. And you have to be who you are. Like I've always liked clothing, always. I've always made provisions for clothing. And when you go out as that person, like say you go out, you know, I'm, you're a podcaster. You, you won't have, I'm a podcaster across my chest, right? <laughs> or I'm a radio personality across my chest. But if someone walks and looks at you, they, you know, people make their own little assumption. And then you say, you're buying a lot of audio equipment. Yeah. What do you do? Or you're buying certain types of clothes, right? You walk a certain type of way because, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, we walk the way we walk every day, all day, no matter what character we in, it's just Brooklyn. It's that bounce. And they always say we have an accent. I don't know what the accent is, but I try not to say, nah, man, or what up, or my nigga, or I don't try to do all that a lot, but, you know, because I speak to a totally different type of demographics, but you know what? You represent who you are because you are who you are no matter where you are. Um, yeah. But Yeah, I was going to say, probably the one thing that, that I've focused on way more than, and you talk about the way you speak and, and certain words, but one of the things is voice. And again, I'm not an artist, but like I'm starting to get like the tiniest understanding of what an artist is like with their voice because I'm now like I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, my voice is way deeper this morning than it was yesterday. And I'm starting to understand, okay, is my voice tired? If I've had like a late night, uh, it feels like sometimes I'm just like really gr just gruff and it just feels very deep. And I've got a deep voice as it is, but there are moments where I'm just like recognizing, all right, am I feeling fresh? Am I not feeling fresh? Do I need to drink more water? Like it, it's so weird and, and, and purely because the voice is, is my instrument. It's your instrument. You have to be really attuned to when and how it feels. And it's just something that I never used to think about. I, I really don't, I don't think about that. Like I know, I, I, I speak like I want to be heard. I put it like that, I speak like I want to be heard. I want you to know, like I've done interviews. I've done thousands of interviews, thousands. And I'm going to be who I am, but I speak like, listen, I'm et cetera. I was told um, maybe like three years ago, stop being so submissive stop being so underrating of yourself dude you have sold x and x records you have done x and x you have done this you have done that you have done this i said that's bragging you know that sounds crazy you sound like a cornball bragging like that he said it's bragging if you didn't do it and you want to do it and you're taunting people but you're stating facts i'm like and when i start doing that it changed a lot a lot changed. So I'm going to speak like I want to be heard and say what I want to say and how I want to say it, because um, I might not get a chance to do it. I don't know when this will end. I don't know. So I want to be like on tape 
you know, on video saying what I want to say and never want to be like, um, I wish I would have. Mm, nah, ain't gonna happen. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm that motherfucker right now. Let me not say that. I'm dope though. You know, this is part of the reason I love speaking to artists because the the fear that every artist I have, the fear of looking back on your life and going, I should have gone for it and I didn't, is my very fear. And that's why I started this, is because I never want to be in a position. And if anyone ever asked me, and probably the same for you, how did I get over the doubt? How did I get over the fact that, you know, I'm a guy from Australia talking to artists, you know, I, I'm not in the industry, I'm just a fan of hip hop. How did that happen? Well, it's because I didn't want to be 80 and look back and go, I didn't take the chance and I didn't go for it. And it's that that scared me more than going for it and it not being successful. That uh, the success is, was always going to happen, but I needed to put myself out there. That is the scary part that if you wait too long, you look back and you just think, what could I have done? Yeah. I, that was, that's a big fear of mine. Like being a dude in a rocking chair, like I wish I would have, you know, so my thing is do it. Don't let it, and don't let a day go by without saying what you've done that day. Um, I, I sit, I sit now and I look at, you know, I type and I'm like, Oh, on to the next, on to the next. Okay. So, um, listen, this is going to happen today, right? On to the next. Sometimes I got to sit and go for drives and be like, yo, look what you've done, dude. You got to really just bask in some of the moments. Everything is not to the next. Even, um, you know, people told me that they said, please, my man, just sit back, look at your walls, look at your Google yourself, look at what you've done, make sure that you acknowledge what you've done. It's just not because you'll be on an ever, ever running, um, ever running track. If you don't step and look at what you've done and look at maybe the mistakes you made or mistakes you could have made or things you should have did and things you shouldn't have done. I look at that a lot and I take my time. Like, you know, I never, like I told my manager, I never, um, and I like the biggest shout out to my manager, Erica. She's my brand new manager. And I think she's going to work out like super great. Um, um, and I like to say what's up to my PR, Ilse Hu, even though, you know, she's only giving me part-time because she, she's now winning beauty pageants, but I still love her. Um, <laughs> I want to be, you know, I want to make sure that the um, the track record represents who I am. You know, I want to make sure everything that et cetera touches represents who I am, you know, and I love to, you know, I didn't know in a part of the interviews, like I don't accept interviews if I have to, they were back to back, back to back. I make interviews twice a day since the new record dropped. Um, and since you were so gracious to give me an interview, um, I have interviews every twice a day. Like you're my wow. PM interview, right? Um, people have embraced this record like in crazy. And I think they just want to hear me say crazy stuff on, on the podcasts and on the radio. And they want to hear me talk about wild stuff. And then they want to hear me go, yo, you know, how you said that rhyme, the way you said that rhyme and all. And I go, okay, only thing I don't agree to is like freestyling. Cause I think, you know, it's been, it's been done to death. Um, but 
I don't, I pace myself. I really, really pace myself because um, if I don't have music and I don't have things to do, then I can't, what am I talking to you about? Well, it's weird. Like, it's funny to me when, you know, you say to me, like, thank you for having me on. Because to me, it's like, thank you for coming on the show. Like, that is, that's like, that's like who I am as a person. I'm like, thank you. Like, because to me, the level of your success versus mine is very different. So it's it's always just humbling to me for for you to say thank you and, and for, for people to, to say thank you. But, you know, I, I think that's why I do it my way. Like, I'm, that's why I don't like the, like, I don't want to trick you. I don't want to trap you and, and make you do something. That's why, like, I'll just listen and ask questions and we'll find something interesting to talk about at some point. Like, we don't need to, I don't need to sit back and think of a thousand questions. Like, all I got to do is just be inquisitive, just be willing and just listen. And, and you know, we'll always find something. People are interesting. So, you know, the things that you don't expect to talk about are probably the interesting things. Otherwise, this interview sounds like all the other hundred interviews and we just end up talking about the same stuff and it just ends up getting lost. Yeah, like... Hey, what is the new stuff you're gonna be doing for the next year? Oh, what is your new project you're coming out with? Oh, what did you come up with the name, et cetera? They and when they send me the stuff, I just sort of like cut and paste the same things so I don't say anything different. And now, well, now I don't. I say crazy stuff like how you came up with the name, et cetera. Um, I put the letter E in front of the letter C and then <laughs> put the letter T in front of the letter, and that's how I came up with it. You know, they like what? <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, say that's exactly they said as you know that's that's an etc answer or you know they were like what made you at, at at the grammy awards what made you pick out that outfit um i ain't had shit else to wear that's what made me pick out that shit i ain't had shit else to wear and they won't let me go on there in, in underwear you know i they told me i can't wear no you know and i you know i, I I'm like, what do you expect me to say? They're like, oh, the Lamborghini was driving. How much that cost? Um, that shit was um $75 a day because that shit is rented. <laughs> like, you say that? Dude, I'm not paying, I'm not buying a Lamborghini. You know how much the insurance is on that motherfucker? <laughs> I said, yeah, I could buy it, but that shit will sit in the driveway. You know what I mean? And it'll be a, 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 a statue because insurance for, so first of all, insurance for a Lamborghini in New York City that and it is is outrageous and if i hit a pothole in New York City the cost to fix that motherfucker is out of control so um nah 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 yeah do you know the funny thing is they're also so goddamn low like you can't you can't get into any driveway because you're going to scratch the like it, they're the most inconvenient car. You gotta park upward. Yeah. You can't park downward. Like I gotta back into my driveway, but I feel like I done fell out the car when I get out. I'm six <laughs> feet, six feet tall. I can't fit that. The um, what you call it? The um, the McLaren. I feel like I'm sitting on uh, a roller coaster ride because the seat sits in like this. And I'm driving. I'm not comfortable like that. I need, you know, I need to put my foot on something on the side. Is you know, and I love the cars. Don't get me wrong; they look good when you when you you know in the videos and all that stuff. And I don't put them in my videos either. 
I tell people, they're like, why you don't have, you know, the, the, the join in your video? I said, because first of all, I don't fake that funk. If it ain't mine, it's not in the video. If I need to put a Dodge Caravan in a video, I put a Dodge Caravan. And if you don't want to see a Dodge Caravan, fine. Then I will go into a place that has stuff that you want to see, flashing lights and all that. It doesn't matter. It's like, you have to be who you are. Like, I, you know, people like, but you know, you do this and you make this. How do you know? You work for the IRS? I don't tell people how much money is this and how much money is that. I don't feel the need to say it, you know? All I was saying that, you know, the day I saw Nelly in Walmart is the day I realized I will never have to do anything else about money. Nelly was in Walmart and I said, oh my God. I said, hey, he said, hey, what's going on? I'm sitting there like, I'm talking to Nelly in Walmart. He has a record that showed 10 million copies and he's in Walmart. I said, what are you doing in here? I'm in here buying the home. The juice packages and i'm gonna go over here and get the um the alcohol i said but you need he said they don't sell that in bloomingdale's and all that stuff <laughs> i said oh shit, you right you know what he said but he's from he's from the country he's from st louis they have walmart in st louis and if you've been going to walmart all this time that's why i can go from the grammys or go from the iheart let me see iheart music awards and I will go right over there to um, Golden Corral. I don't need to and, and, and scoop up. And they'd be like, what are you doing here? I'm eating. But you eating with regular people? I'm like. Yeah, as opposed to the caviar and lobster diet with champagne that you have all the time. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're going to keep even eating that stuff. Your liver going to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. And, and I like Golden Corral, you know, I, it's closed now, but I like stuff like that. I like food. I'm, I'm from, I'm actually originally from Alabama. So I like food. I can't eat food where it looks like a portrait and it's like this, this, this big. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, the annoying thing is like you pay, you know, three fifty, four hundred dollars and then you get, and then you're hungry at the end of the meal and you're like, yeah, no, we ain't doing that. I mean, I didn't be wrong. I go to the spots and I sit there and they go, hey, you know, we're going to sit you down with the door. I'm like, okay. Um, okay. Now sit down. And when I get the bill, I'm like, okay, I pay the bill. Get up. I said, damn, that was a lot of money for, you know, a little bit of food. And I know, but you have to be in there because people have to, you know, see you. I got it. And so it's all, it's all what it is. But, you know. If you ever notice, you got people like you know, like DMX, you got people like Nelly, you got people like um, you know, what can I say? I don't want to blow them up though. Let's just say those, and they be going to Wingstop. You got Rick Ross at Wingstop. You know what I mean? Even though he owns it, he still eat there. And you in Atlanta, you go in Atlanta any given time, you'll see like Thugger Thugger, you'll see Usher. They over at the spot. You know, it's cool. You 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 have to maintain your level of celebrity. But you also got to maintain your level of humanity. Like, I, di I didn't come out my mother's, um, you know, birth canal with caviar and, and, you know, an ace of spade. You know, I didn't have a gold bottle. I had the one, the Gerber ones. I probably, you probably had it too. The Gerber plastic ones with the rubber top. And yeah. they had to open up the top a little more because they gave you Similac. You know, it is what it is. 
you know, and I don't, I don't proclaim, I mean, I love the greater things in life. I love it, but it doesn't define who I am. Like I still go on, I have to go with security, but I go on certain abs in, in, in New York and they like, what are you doing over here in the hood? I'm like, dude, y'all got the best fish over here. You crazy? Or you got the clothes over here. Yeah, I you feel know? like I feel like it's strange because people forget that you're a person. Like you are you are just the image. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, are you just supposed to sit at home and not eat food? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, like I get it because people like Dr. Dre, they get you know, the barber go to his house and they get the haircut there. So they assume that that's everybody that, you know, you don't go out, you get it all delivered in. But at some point, like, like I'm like, even if I was the most famous person, I would need to go out and experience life because that is what this is. Like, you're not doing this so you can sit at home and hide. Like you actually still want to go out there and, and, you know, go to those food spots, sit in a busy restaurant, you know, that, that means that you're alive. And I feel like people are just like fear. It's, it's weird. Nope. They, they assume that you would never want to do that again. It, it, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's a gift and a curse to it. Um, like you do have to go, you do go to the restaurants. You do want to, you get the urge, but then there's times that you don't because there's people that will come up to you and sit next to you and yo, what up, man? Yo, 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 yo. And like, dude, I just want to eat this. I just want to eat this real quick. The bottom line in my mind is you shouldn't have brought your ass there if you just wanted to eat, right? But, so I take my food and be like, what's up? Everything good? Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, everything, yo, I just want to tell you how much I thank you. Oh, I'll be like, all right, cool. All right. You want something to drink? You know, I have to engage with it. I made the decision to go to this public place. So I hate when artists or celebrities go to public places and be like, oh, no pictures, please. Then don't bring your ass there. Right. Or no, you can't do this. Then don't bring your ass there. So when they want to take pictures, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, my family, they'd be like, I'm not going there with you. I'd be like, what? No, no, we're not. We're not going there. Like I go to Applebee's. Applebee's is, is like, it's not a lot. It depends what Applebee's you go to. You get the people that's like, it's chaos. And then you get the people that look at you like, he ain't nobody. Fuck him. <laughs> you, know, you see it. Like, I go to the bathroom, and they be like, that nigga go in the bathroom. So what? He don't, so what? He, his pee, like everybody else pee. And, they, you know, you get that, people. And then you get other people that, I'm going to the bathroom with him. You know, like, I'm going with he going to the bathroom. I'm going to tell you, say what's up. You know, and I respect those people. They be like, yo, I just want to say what's up. What's going on, man? You know, and they go, you know, I, women have walked in the bathroom with me and they go, I just want to say hello. To be honest, that's a like, good, as far as I'm concerned, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I appreciate the women a lot because they're more, um, they're more outgoing. Like they'll walk up to you and be like, Hey, what you doing? <clears throat> I said, I'm just chilling. Um, I just want to say, I really like your shit. You, 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 you know, you look better in person. Um, you know, some girl told me, she said, you look better on, you look better on the, on, on the gram and on TV than you look in person. I'd be like, <laughs> what are you just going to say that? Like, I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
your eyes look better. And then other women say, nah. And then they start judging your anatomy. Like, oh, his hair is really curly. Oh, oh man, his ears are big. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And then other times you feel like, a, you know, an animal in a zoo behind a cage. Because then you get people do like this to you. And they do like... Oh, yeah, the 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 phone... The I'm not looking at you, the phone, the the yeah. the sneaky kind of yeah. the photo, like look who I saw the other day. Like I don't I couldn't go yeah. up to them and take it and ask for a photo, but I'll do the like paparazzi. I'm like <laughs> I said, I went there, I called, I said, excuse me, excuse me, how did I come out? What do you mean? Why what you talking about? Did I come out okay in a picture? They go, What picture? I said the one you took on your phone. No, I was looking at my girlfriend. I said, Where you wasn't even looking at the phone. And then you looked at it after you took it. I said, I heard the snap on the phone. <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? And then other ones would be like, let me take a picture with you. Let me take a picture with you. <laughs> and I try not to go to restaurants because everybody talks over your food. I'm like, sweetheart, sweetheart, I am not mad at you. But if you talk over my food one more time, if you're going to talk to me, sit down. I could sit here. I could sit here. Oh, you smell good. I can't go out like I. I don't. I don't mind now. I don't care. Like they look at me and they were like, "You a real person?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did. I was." I. I just. What I keep telling them is that you a person, just with a popular job. That's what it is. Like newscasters. Like my thing is when I saw um Lisa Mateo, our she works for um CBS here. I was like, oh my God, that's Lisa Mateo. Oh my God. And she's like, oh my God, Lisa Mateo. It's like, oh my God, et cetera. I'm like, no, Lisa Mateo, you CBS. You kidding me? You do like the best stories in the world. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I see, you know, I, I've seen this gentleman. I don't know if you watch, you saw our sports? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big sports man. Right. I, I see like Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, oh my God, that's Stephen A. And I'm fixing my clothes like I'm a groupie. I'm like, I want this dude to talk about me. <laughs> and I say like this, and he goes, hey, what's up? I go, hey, what's up? And he goes, nah, he nervous. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's when you're like, you're like, oh, my God, I just spoke. I just spoke to the, my hero. Like, it's it's so it's so weird. I guess it's like people don't assume that you would ever feel like that, and it's like, some you forget, and I'm sure you would forget that you're a celebrity, like you're a celebrity, and people look up to you because when you see those people that you admire, you step into fan mode. Yeah, ain't shit. No, if I if, like, I'm I'm still like one of my idols. Like I met Will Smith, right? And I always thought like I used to see Will Smith. Oh my god, that's Will Smith. Oh my god, that's Will Smith. Oh my god, that's Will Smith. And after you meet him, it's like. Yeah, that's well, that's well, I know well. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, right. But, you know, I still, like, if I see, like, um, I know it sounds crazy, but um, I don't know if you ever, uh, no, nah, I, I won't say it. Dude, no, go, go for it. Go for it. it it's, nah, I'm, I'm waiting to see, so, like, Sanaa Lathan. No, I haven't. You know Sanaa Lathan? She's an actress. Well, I'm yeah, right. I, I see. I want to see her. She's I'm loving basketball. That yeah. actress. You never seen Love and Basketball? No, I haven't. Oh! Ah. <laughs> you never seen Love and Basketball? No. Ah. Um, if you Google Google Love and Basketball, 
and SNLate it. She was with um on my apps. This is good podcasting. This is me googling in yeah. the middle of the podcast. Yeah, they're saying uh, love and basketball. All right, yeah, you got to go. know. What? Uh, it was released in two thousand in Australia. That's why. You got to tell me about it. All right, there we go. Yeah. Oh. Let me see. So it again. So me again. So me again. Oh God. That's her now. This is good audio for everybody. So just this, I'm going to explain what I'm doing. I'm literally putting up photos from my phone of uh, Sanaa Lathan uh, and Etcetera's reacting. So if you don't know, you literally do what I do, Google love and basketball and just go to images and you'll get the same experience. But yeah, there we go. Oh, Oh, God. Shout out to Sanaa Latham. If if you want to hit either of us up, let us know. We can organize a, a whole a whole podcast and the whole the whole thing. Miss Latham, I, I you know I don't get a chance to like go and I don't you know cross paths. Believe me, um, I hope since I started doing uh, movie soundtracks, I hope I cross her path. Um, I just want to just you know I just want you know I just want to smell her. Just shoot your shot, man. I'll I'll use this as an intro. I'll use this as like a sneak peek. We'll we'll put it out there. <laughs> nah, I nah, I can't. I won't do that. I won't do that. I just, I, I just want to see. You know, I'm I'm more of I'm I'm back in Sean mode. I'm just shy. I just want to see you. Like, all right, cool. I know it sounds real like creepy, but it's like I'm cool with that. Like, you know, I've met a lot of people that I've I've, I've looked at on TV growing up, and I was like, <sighs> and then I met a lot of people that I which I never met growing up saying I am I, I'm like, Oh, you are such a dickhead. Um, but, um, you know, I just think that personality is personality. I don't care where you're at. Um, Oh, I just want to give a big shout out to my man, Tony rock tonight. He's performing at the funny bone in Albany. And I just want to say a funny dude. That's Chris rock's brother. Um, that's um, my brother. Um, you know, it's actually Chris Rock's brother is my brother by, life choice um and you know he he's a, a high supporter and i just want to say because i know he speaking of actors you know he he met some of the actors that um i really admire like lisa ray um you know Dwayne martin and he was in a show called all at one all in one and he you know he knows them all um, big shout out to mona scott he knows her she's the actual creator and executive producer for um love and hip hop, you know, um, and I look forward to, you know, going, going back out and being in that circle again and, you know, rubbing elbows with some, uh, you know, the world's most influential people. Um, and right after my interview, I'm going to, um, get ready to drive to Albany and go see him perform. Um, well, after the interview tomorrow, I'm going to go watch him perform in, um, Albany, New York. Man, you're you're a busy guy. Like you just you're doing a thousand things all at the same time. It's 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 really cool because like you know a lot of people probably look at their own lives and and even I look at mine. I'm like, how much more could I be doing? And you know, this is on top of your your music, on top of the interviews. You're going out. You you're supporting friends. So um, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 great to see. I, I I love it, man. I I want to do like a if you could mind me just to get a, a section of like shameless plugs. No, I go for it, man. Oh, I, I do say, have one more question. 
I do have one more question before oh, we you finish do? up. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll wait on the finish plug. I'll wait, I'll wait. So this is the only question that I plan on any podcast. So, okay, so this is, it's the big one. So if you had to recommend one album, doesn't have to be hip hop, one album that you think everybody should listen to at least once, what would it be? You really want that answer? Yeah, I really do. Glenn Campbell, I'm a rhinestone cowboy. There you go. We've never had Glenn Campbell as an as a recommendation. I'm compiling these. I'm going to create a list, and it's going to be the the top albums that anyone should listen to, dead or alive. And you just got to go through them. Yeah, I Glenn Campbell was my favorite artist when I was growing up. I always I love this song. I'm a rhinestone cowboy, and you know I vo- I listen to country music before I listen to hip hop. I love hearing all these answers from hip hop artists that are not hip hop albums. Like, cause I'll get the Jay Z's, I'll get that kind of stuff. But then when I get an obscure one, I'm like, yeah, that's why I asked this question. Cause the, what I want is those weird ones that no one expects. And weird. And oh my God, you made me feel bad. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, but weird is in like, you know, this it's is hip hop hustle podcast. And anything, everyone always assume it's only going to be hip hop. So when you say country, I love that shit. That's awesome. Oh, like shit. weird, good, good as in weird. It's good. Like if if you can't hear the smile on my face, I'm so happy with that answer. It just makes me so so pleased when it's something that nobody expects. Then you be then you'll think my my top five <laughs> is um, Culture Club, Comma Chameleon, um, Devo, Whip It Good. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love I, this. I can't remember the name, but it goes um, um, Tears for Fears is their the second album, and um, um, Nirvana. Mate, I love that. I love the fact that it is not what's expected. Like if you, Brad, yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, I did, and that's why I keep my windows closed. No, I can't say that. I I drive with that music. Like, I love Boy George. Like, I think he was like, even though he, you know, they said, oh, he's this. I'm like, nah, he's not. He's not that. He's just Boy George. And he can sing his ass off. Yeah. Right. And, and I love, um, you know, God rest her soul, Amy Winehouse. Um, and I, I love hip hop. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when hip hop comes, I'm, I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive. Like, I don't think there's only a certain amount of hip hop artists I think that are better than me, you know, and I really pride myself on that. And, um, and if you, my top three and it's Jay-Z's not in that top three, he's like number four or five. And I'm talking about not, not Jay-Z, um, nineties Jay-Z, you know, this one is, I love Jay-Z. Like, I think he's, he's, He's one of the best artists, but I I first think like Karis One. I think like um, you know, um Poor Righteous Teachers. Um, I think like um um Farrell Monch, you know, stuff like that. Like they they're like rapper rappers. Like I'm I think like UG from the cellar dwellers. I know he get tired of hearing me say that, but he'd be like, dude, you so you sold my my two albums in your first week. You have won more awards than I can than my, my king size bed 
and you still look up to me? I said, dude, you don't understand, man. You, you, like, I, and people, you know, Kwame brought me into this game, like, emotionally, like, into the game, like, style and dress. And they like, you can run circles. I said, but you know what? Motherfucker had to start from somewhere. It's like, it just didn't pop out and this is it. I had to learn from people. Like, Big Daddy Kane, you know, the, the Raw, um, you know, Warm It Up Kane. Um, I look at people that do, like, ex expressive wordplay on records. Like, I know you never heard of certain artists like um, Problem Child. Now he's um, Skanks, um, Gage. Like, those are underground artists. I, um, I think you... I, well, actually, it wasn't in Australia, but um, I'm looking, I want to come to Australia. I want to play my, now you're going to make me call iHeart and, you know, have music played in Australia. I'm coming and I'm going to have to just deal with the time difference. I dealt with it eight years ago and I dealt with it 11 years ago. I'm going to deal with it now. Um, just tell me how COVID is out there. It's great. And Honestly, no masks. Like I'm not wearing masks. Yeah, we no. have like no cases. The only time you got to wear a mask is on public transport. I'm going out to restaurants. I'm going out to cafes. Like it, life is back to pre-COVID. Like it is oh. really good. Um, and I'm building a home studio. So when you come down, you can actually come. We can do this face to face. So oh. uh, that is in the that is in the works. Um, so people can follow that journey on IG because I'm doing stories and just. They're watching a non-handyman try to be a handyman, and and uh, <laughs> I, I'm testing myself, but but yeah, man, like it is, it is really good. We're we're very fortunate. We, uh, yeah, I think one like we've got hotel quarantine, but we don't have any community cases at the moment. That's so the, visiting, that's why. Yeah, oh. so so yeah, we don't have any community transmission at all. So hence why we're pretty much there's no restrictions whatsoever. So all you got to do is QR codes when you go to restaurants and stuff like that and check in. But other than that, nightclubs are back. Everything's back. Oh, then then that means I need to call up promoters and be like, listen, um, when when we get off, just hit me with all the DJs out there. I make sure that they service them, and I'm I'm I want to make sure that because I'm I'm doing a lot of like UK um interviews i'm doing a lot of like colombian like i said brazilian um africa um those interviews i know they're playing the records tremendously and i'm like you know i know we're gonna we're doing a little new york but not as much we're doing like a lot of down south eastern seaboard um um japan over in beijing and you know that's why i have to have this diverse look sometime where i have to you know look a certain way because they're like oh my god did you see the colors he wore did you see the dynamic outfits he had on not like you know not like bts outfits but you know hip-hop color outfits um I'm, i want to do more internet i want to do more international travels than i did before because my first the single that i just came off was called way up featuring billions and the, i did a dual single and the dual single was on um, dance for you featuring kaya jones from the pussycat dolls so when I do music like that, they're like, wait a minute, he is not hip hop. Yeah, I'm still hip hop. I'm just pop hip hop. I've always been pop hip hop. Um, Billboard um, classifies me as rhythmic pop. Um, it's okay. And when I go, I make sure the speakers rattle. Um, like I said, the new singles by your side featuring Trisha Covington. I, I wish she could have been on tonight. We'd have been like kicking up a storm. Um, 
but I do want to do my shameless plugs. I like to, no, you please. know, understand that I'm, I do also um, film soundtracks. Um, I do um, what's considered the, the source music for movies. Um, I like to say I also got an Oscar consideration just passed. Um, and, you know, they offer me and I have it. I have a film distribution deal. Um, the record is doing extremely well. Um, the brand ambassador for Lamborghini Champagne. Um, also, like my daughter even has like a clothing line and it's now featured in like major stores. Um, and she's 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 killing them, like killing them. Um, so we're like, I'm just trying my hand and I'm, I'm here sitting on the hip hop podcast doing my best trying to keep, you know, the host engaged, you know, here and trying to say, listen, you know, this is what et cetera is about. Cause the, even though there's like five point or, or 11.6 million people that know me, this is about now 4.9 or 50.9 people that don't know me. You know what I mean? I was, um, I was in a, I was in a state and I said, Drake. And it was like, who's that? I what? said, what? It was like, I said, Drake, you know, the artist, the, the, the rapper Drake. I have no idea who that is. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I was like, you're joking. It's like, no. I said, you know, Lil Wayne? Yes. I said, you don't know Drake? Mm-mm. I said, he's fucking, but he what, didn't know Drake. Do you know the weird thing is, I wonder how many people would know, like, Lil Wayne, you, and a bunch of other artists, but not know Drake. Like, it is the... Like he's probably the most recognizable artist right now outside. Maybe, you know, Cardi B is probably up there as one of the most recognizable, but Drake has to be, you know, I think Beyonce maybe. Beyonce is probably the most. She's probably. I'm going to tell you, Africa, we, and she even had it on. There's parts of Africa that don't know who Beyonce is. She had to introduce herself to say I'm Beyonce. He was like, okay, I may. And then she said, freak it. I'm Beyonce. How are you? Because the bottom line is this is a huge world. They may know your music. They may not know who you are. Right. Um, You may think that like Rihanna packs stadiums, but there's some people that don't know who Rihanna is, you know, and it's crazy because I was like, I thought everyone in the world knew a Beyonce, a Jay-Z, uh, but it's it, they don't. They mean they some people know Jay-Z and don't know Beyonce. And I'm like, how? But you understand, Jay-Z is in so many different avenues. Yeah, markets. Yeah. Right. He's in markets, he's in NFL, he's in, you know, besides music, he does a lot. He's got Ace of Spade, he's in title. You know, Beyonce's not in that. She just the music. And if you don't, if that's not your world, it's not gonna work out like that. And I was like, wow, you don't know. Okay. You know me? Of course. You're talking about you, et cetera. Keep it 100. Tory Lanez. I'm like, okay. I'm bigger than Beyonce out here? Shit, I'll take that. And I have a record with Beyonce called Backing Up a, a while ago. Um, it's a UK record called Backing Up. And it's, it's et cetera featuring Beyonce because I did it with a young art, a artist named Chantel, um, Chantel Lane. I don't know if you know what that is. No. Right. Chantel, right. Chantel Lane was huge. She did a UK tour um, on Beyonce's UK tour, and I featured on her record. And they were like, um, 
we need to have that dude on this record. And I did it. A huge record. And I'm like, Beyonce? Of course. It was like, no question. Up all night. Everything stopped. Right. 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 Oh, this ain't gonna work. And I know artists don't write anymore, but I write. I don't care. I'm on multiple records. Um, I'm doing more features now. Um, but I'm even on um, a song called um, Father Goose. Is a, a play. I, he don't want me to say Playhouse Disney. He want me to say Family Artist or whatever. But Playhouse Disney, and he has a record out called um, I Can Make It, right? Um, and I'm on there, and we, he does like children's family music, children's music, family music, and they like they know me through that, but then they won't know by your side and dance for you and keep it 100 and, you know, city of churches and, and the gold plaques and those records, but they'll know me through a record, through another artist. That's why the diversity of an artist is so important. So important. So, you know, I tell people, yo, check for me. I'm here. Um, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do what I got to do until, you know, I, I want to do the next, um, Spider-Man movie, you know, I want to do the next DC, I want to do Marvel, I want to do whatever, you know, um, soundtrack, anything I can do. I'm very eager to do it. I want to make the transition soon, but I just can't leave music alone. It's like, it's my therapy, you know? Well, man, look, I, I think that, you know, a lot of lessons can be learned from your outlook and, and your attitude. And I think features is a very important part of being an artist because, you expose yourself to different markets and you know a lot of people are found they find new fan bases through featuring through a certain artist especially if they have a different fan base it's it's really really important but you know man i i it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you um you know and i appreciate you coming on the show and and just to for us to to have a chat about you know your different uh characters and and i think i to be honest, I love that we fell into that conversation because it was not something that, that, that we discussed prior, but um, I'm excited to see you you continue to to put out music. I'm excited to see you, you know, head in, continue to head down the movie pathway and hopefully sometime soon we can see you down in Australia and we can do this again. Thank you. And thank you for having me. My pleasure, man. Honestly, my pleasure. Without people like you, this podcast wouldn't exist and it would be just me talking about, I don't know what I would talk about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I would talk. I would talk. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time. And you know, I wish you like the best, happy health. And I will, I will love to be on your podcast again, talking about whatever, ever, ever. And you know, I'm probably gonna be on here. I probably, you know, get Father Goose to be on your podcast, and then I'll just jump back on and talk shit, and then I'll leave. That's what we want. We don't want we we talk all the shit in the world. All the other podcasts, they can do their thing. They can be the professional one. We'll just talk about whatever we want to talk about. No, yeah. no planning. This is how we do it. We don't. I don't want the formulaic podcast. I like the podcast where nobody knows what's going to happen. Even I don't know what's going to happen. And then from there, that's where the best content is made. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I, you know, let's just make this. I, I make this fun every day, man. I have to. I'm not going to do it if it's not going to be fun. It's not worth it. Well, man, you've definitely made this fun, so I appreciate your time. And I know you've got a busy schedule, but but we'll definitely speak soon. And and as I said, um, I really appreciate your time and, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the show. 
please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for all upcoming podcast news. Bye for now.